Okay, um, we are on page 19, in the middle of this Maimarita Eishel, middle of Eishavav. Uh We're up to the line that starts with the words Meha'er, the words of Yuvanze. Yuvanze. 19. Before we continue, I just want to recap a little bit what we did yesterday. Yesterday, the uh, Rebbe tells us the inner meaning of a bracha. Um, we, we glossed over it really last yesterday. I mean, really, uh, <coughs> it's an incredible teaching over here. The six words of Baruch HaTashem are conveying something. What are they conveying? That a Yid is able to bring down, every time he says a bracha, a, a wondrous light from the essence of Hashem, from Atar, from you. Baruch, you have to draw down this incredible light. Uh, but why can we do it? Because we're Hashem is our king, Hashem is our life and strength, Hashem is a special bond of the Jewish people. And that's why we're around, one wolf among one sheep among seventy wolves. Except for the one wolf over here observed good morning. Okay. Gork. Uh-huh. <laughs> Gork. Very good. So what what is our what's the goal of, of the Shamas being of, of the soul being in this world? It's to bring down this light into Melacha Ilam to fulfill God's intent in creation. Hashem wants to be a king. And we fulfill God's will and creation by bringing this light to the world. Because Hashem wants to be a king here. So how do we make Hashem a king here? By accepting him here and bringing his Kedusha here. And uh, that's, that's what a bracha is about. Every bracha is, is saying what we're asking for with a bracha. The Abish should bring down a wondrous light upon us through this bracha. Okay. So, and thinking about the product growing something from nothing and the seed manifesting in Mexico, picking the coffee bean and grinding it and bringing it all the way here to make a cup of coffee so we can enjoy it at the sales class in the morning. So, so, so the question is, um, wouldn't it be a good idea to think about this because something amazing is happening? Let's, let's use a Hasidic uh, perspective. It's a freilich idea. It's what a wondrous thing happens in Sebrach. Okay, so that's when the words are connected to form that sentence. When they're separated and the light, the light is gone. Now, this removal of light, um, we, we, we discussed, it has to be explained a little bit because light is there, light is not there. I mean, what's going on? Just, just briefly, we discussed two kinds of letters. Anyone remember the two kinds of letters we discussed? No, two kinds of letters. Letters that give light. I don't think you're, I don't think you're here. Light, letters that give light and letters that make you smarter. And we said that... I don't remember what day it was. Anyway, so so um, there is something about letters of Aleph base. There's something that, that, that is... Uh, there is a godly message conveyed by every segment of every letter. There's light. Then there is Asius Machimis, letters make you smarter. There's a, there's, there's a message that they're conveying to you. I say the word, the Rebbe says the word letters that make you smarter, because it's not just the message that they're conveying, it's in the letters themselves. It's interesting, the Rebbe spoke about uh, the cities of refuge and the signposts on the way to the cities of refuge. Now every Jew has to be a signpost and to give, I realize that you're brought in this world for a reason, and people don't know what direction to choose in life, so if you're if you know the way, if you know the way, you gotta show other people the way. You gotta be a signpost. 
So in that Fabrengen, the Rebbe makes a distinction between what a sign means in Nigla and what a sign means in Chassidus. What a sign means in Nigla is there's a sign there, and if anyone who wants to go by and read that sign, they can read the sign. So if anyone wants to go, the parallel is if someone wants to ask you which is a way to life, which is a path, the way of life and goodness, that you could tell them, you know. That's, that's, that's a sign which is standing in one place. But a live sign, this is a sign it's supposed to be, is that you care, another Jew, and therefore you see someone making it at the crossroads of life, you don't just sit back and, and go to wherever you want to go to. You hang out in the crossroads of life and you run around to people and tell them, here's a chayim. You're on a scale. You could tip your scale and go to, and you could make your life so much, you could bring salvation to the world and to yourself. Go, go to the path of life and goodness. So that's what a sign is. So, so, so that makes a distinction, again, between a, a live sign or a sign which is just standing there on the road. There, there, in a similar way, the Rebbe is saying over here in this Mimer about letters which make you smarter. The letters themselves are doing something. When you learn Torah, even if you don't understand the words that you're saying, something's happening. <laughs> There's a Mimer, the Alt Rebbe. The Alt Rebbe speaks about um, the yeshiva of shame and aver. The Alter says, it's Parshas Neach and Mayim Rabbim. The Alter says that just like it's obvious that those who are sitting in the tents are able to study, uh, able to daven with concentration and vekos, so too it's obvious that those who are even more obvious, it's Adrabe, they have even, those who are involved in business, how much more so can they daven with, with incredible love of Hashem because they feel a distance. So the Rebbe points out the words of the Altar, those who sit in the tents. What's the meaning of the tents in the plural? What kind of tents are there? The Rebbe says there's two kinds of people that learn Chassidus. There's the yeshiva of shame, and there's the yeshiva of aver. What's the yeshiva of shame? Shame, the word shame means, shame means name. Every word of Torah is the name of God. Every word of Torah, you're saying the name of God. Even Esav is the name of God in some way. Mehetevel bas matreid, all those weird names, read in the Parshish Vishach, they're all names of Hashem. So sometimes people don't consider this like aver. What's aver? Aver means to go on one side. To go on one side, one angle, go to another angle, to look at something from all different ways. That's like the study of the oral Torah of the Gemara. You can consider this in that way too, like whatever Ashab established in the Yeshiva Techatim, to learn something intricately and to understand something deeply in a way that makes it relevant. That's the Yeshiva of aver. But some people don't consider this, they're like the Yeshiva of Shem. They have no idea what they're saying. They're saying words of Chassidus. The Yeshiva of Shem. So the, so the author of it says, whatever Yeshiva you're in, Whatever you're doing while you're learning chassidus, whether you're, it's a shame day or an aver day, you're able to laugh. So in that context, over here we're saying that letters convey something. It's literal. There's something that happens, you learn words of Torah. That's, that's, that's a, it's a little... So this is important because this helps us understand what Debra is telling us now, which is the letters break or letters shatter. We learned yesterday the distinction between breaking and shattering. Anyone remember the difference between breaking and shattering? Separation and shattering. Remember the Pirud and, and Shvira. One is like a nice separation. You have, you have the Yud, the Vav, and the Yud separate, nice three separate little plates. Or you could throw it to the ground like a madman, like a broken shard. And then you could have a top part of the Yud stuck to the bottom part of the Vav still. Very a little good. piece of Yud over there, a little piece of Vav over here. Whatever that means. Right, exactly. That's clearly so, your process. So, 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 uh, <laughs> Like they have those things here in LA. There's a company called Rage that you can go to, and they give you stuff to break. Yeah. 
Greek restaurants called, do that it's, too. It's called Rage. It's, it's called Breaking Place. I thought you were thinking about going doing it. It's like a Monday But you call a place like this, tell you I'll make a fortune. Oh my gosh. Oh, good. Wow. Here we go. All right. And you only have glass pieces of the olive base. You just have to just. Oh, no, no. Next inspired get rich quick scheme from Sir Exodus. Okay. <laughs> Third part. All right. Rage. Okay. Uh, all right. So, so the Rebbe says that there's something that's left. We know a word conveys an idea. We get that. The Rebbe is saying that when you break that word into pieces, when you break those letters into pieces, there's still something left of that light. That's what the Rebbe is saying. Um, and that's what the world of Tayo is. The, word, the letters shatter, and there's something that's left. The Yuvans are, uh, again, we're patient. Why does he do it with the letters, though? Because. Like, as an analogy, it's like. Say you have a piece of earthenware pottery and you drop it to the floor. Okay. Uh, I think I think we're going to get to to your analogy now. Let's see. Yuvan Zevi got but but the simple reason we use this analogy is because letters convey the directly to the analog. The the analog is that there's vessels of tayu which contain the light of Hashem. Letters contain the light the the, the light of intelligence. It's it's a very able, very refined analogy to to what we're trying to convey. Letters, actual language letters. Letters convey uh, convey ideas. Yuvan Zayal Pi Marshal Gashmi. When you stand by a physical example, Kasha Noistim, again, we're on page 19, line starts the word Noistim. Kasha Noistim Kamin, it's halfway down the page. Kasha Noistim Kamin, Ipsam Bechliachas. When you put the ma- many different kinds of scents, spices, perfumes in one vessel, the Chobaisim, Obaisim, Yesharech, Mnuchot. Each fragrance, each spice, has its own fragrance. And the vessel that, can t- that holds those spices or perfumes retains that fragrance. And when you remove those spices from that vessel, there's still something that, that is retained from that fragrance in that vessel. And we said there were, again, there was many fragrances in this vessel. And even though the fragrance remains, and you can even tell, you can even discern the f- scent of each individual spice. However, all you have is just a fragrance. You don't have the actual spices themselves. So too is this in regards to the letters that break and shatter. The light of Seichel departs from them. So although when they break or shatter, the intelligence that was there before, the intelligence that was conveyed by, let's say, by that word or by that letter, is now gone. But there's still something left from that Seichel. Something left from that Rishima. Something's still there. Of course, you're talking about Kedusha. We understand that, by the way. We remember yesterday we mentioned about, about what happens when you read the Torah. When you read the Torah, what happens? We said we, you draw down a light of Hashem into those letters of Torah that you're reading from. Um, and if that's why the letter is possible, the light of Hashem is gone, right? But that Sefer Torah is still holy. Sefer Torah still has Kedusha. Even though the Kedusha of the Aryan Sof is not being drawn down, still some, it's still a Kedusha in the Sefer Torah too. It's not the same Kedusha, but there's still something there. So similarly, in every word, when you take a, a shard of a letter, it, it still has that fragrance of the idea that it had before. There's still something inside it. it, it it's like 
when you're holding a piece of glass and the moon reflects in that piece of glass a little bit. It's not like in it, but it's just like you have a piece of something, but you don't have anything really. You, you need know, the whole Kaylee. It's like notes on a scale when you play a piano. If you're off by a note, yeah, you can recognize the song. The song isn't the same. DNA. You miss one or two little base pair connections. Give you 150,000 long. You miss one pair. That enzyme doesn't produce the same result. You know. Right. Right. So there's something that, that each part of every letter conveys, and if 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 the, the whole thing isn't there. So the light departs, but there's still a, just like in the analogy, there's still a scent left in the vessel, so too there's still something left of this, of this, um, of this godly light that was in the world of Teo, as we shall see, or something of the, of the, of the logic and the idea and the intelligence that was conveyed by those letters. Um, and the Kedusha is there too, I mean, we know if, if a piece of Seamus the Rebbe himself, I saw myself, the Rebbe was going into Mincha, or my Rebbe was, a piece of Seamus was on the floor, a piece of a Siddur. The Rebbe bent down himself and stopped to pick up the, the Seamus, this Kedusha. Okay. No, that's not what happened. Okay. Um, although we are saying that there's still some remnant left in those shatters, in those broken letters, however, all it is is just a spark, just just a a impression from that original idea. The actual light of intelligence has departed from the letters. It's just a reshima. It's just a, a mark. I think I shared this with you, Rabbi Nisim and Gelangazunt, who's translating the Tanya. So he wrote to the Rebbe, he gave the Rebbe the, the, the um, the translation, and the Rebbe edited the one thing he wrote about inanimate. Interesting. I tell you right. Rebbe said instead of inanimate, they wrote silent. Don't say inanimate. Say silent because they're not really inanimate. There's there's really light. even in inanimate things. There's godly energy there. There's silence. <laughs> interesting thing when when the Rebbe edited, he edited it back to the Rebbe and he put the word silent in parentheses, and Rebbe changed it. That silent was out of parentheses and inanimate was in parentheses. <laughs> Anyways, so. Uh, no. The Yuvans, uh, but you can come and you can hear it. But there was a Yuvan Lamayel, but can I tell you, to understand. This week, Rabbi, for your speech. Oh. To understand all this, how this works in heaven, from the example that we just gave, in regards to the vessels of Tayu, the Tchila Hedabem Ribe Erde Tayu. At first, there was a tremendous amount of light of Teyu. And when these small vessels of the world of Teyu were unable to contain this tremendous amount of light, so the vessels broke, the light departed, and only a spark of those lights remains in those shattered vessels of Teyu. And from those shattered vessels of Teyu was the creation of the world's Bria Yitzhiya the Yeshus, the separateness of these worlds, was created by the, the, the departure of the light of Hashem from those vessels. What's, how come the shattered vessel equals eventually, the creation of a separate, an, an entity that appears separate. How come because there's a shattered vessel, 
Why does that produce separation? Who the Alpia Teira? The reason for this is, according to Teira, it's an incredible idea to halacha. If you have food or drink, the halacha, and you put them into a vessel, the halacha is we don't look at as 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 if there's two entities here. There's food and drink, and then there's a vessel. We look at the vessel as being part and parcel of the food. And what example? What what halacha? Halachic ramification doesn't have. Therefore, said the sages. Let's say you took a, a mustard seed outside in a big container. So if you took the container out by itself, you'd be liable the death penalty for carrying on Shabbos. But because you put something into, into this container which is not significant, so we don't just say that the food is not significant and therefore you're not liable. You don't, you're, not, you're not allowed to do it, but you're not liable the death penalty or pun- or whipping or uh, sacrifice, you're not liable because you took out a s- small amount of food. We say also this huge container is also not considered being carried out. It's only, only this mustard seed is being carried out. The, 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 the container is not being carried out. The container is part of the mustard seed. A vessel is only about the c- contents of the vessel. However, that's only when, when there is a vessel here. But when the vessel breaks, then it's considered earthenware. It's considered separate from the food. From the drink inside it. If that vessel would break, it's no longer, no longer considered a, a part of the mustard seed. It's not a vessel anymore. So too is this true in regards to the vessels of Tayu. When they broke and they fell into the klippa of Klippas Nega, they became separate. These shattered vessels became uh, the source for the separation of the world's Briyatsiyasiyah. They lost their attachment to their contents and now they are separate. So our question was how is it possible from the will of Atsilus, the will of oneness, is is there now a, an entity of Briyatsiyasi, these separate worlds from their, where does it start from? How does that happen from Atsilus? And the answer is it's not from Atsilus per se, it's from the shattering the vessels. When the vessels shatter, just like, just like Allah says, that the vessel, when it shatters, is no longer considered a recept, it's not no longer considered part of the contents, so too the vessels of Tayu, they were first part of the light of Hashem in the world of Tayu. But when they shattered, they're now considered an independent, an independent entity and not part of the lights. This is the, what you were saying earlier in the Maimur. I think you guessed the answer. Let's see. And this is the meaning of the Aveda Birurim, the mission of a Jew in this world. To elevate the sparks, to bring back those sparks that have fallen through the shattering of the vessels. What? Vessel shatters, so now the vessel is its own independent entity. It has nothing to do with the light anymore. Right. The light's departed. Now, what is it? What is it now? It's not, so it's, not, it's not a vessel anymore. It's no longer a vessel. So, when we always say that, like for example, here, food has the light of tohu in it, and that's why we need it in order to survive, because we have to do this room and we have to elevate the spark found within that food. Are we saying that that spark is? Part of the keli from tohu, or that's part of the light from tohu, because we're saying now that it's the light and the keli separated. They're two independent 
entities the, per se. So what is it that's no? You get it. What is it? It's the lighter the vessel. I had another thought. Okay, it's the same thing though. When ha- when Hava touched the forbidden. Tree. One second. If you're going to all back to Hava, we're not going to, to finish this year because there's a lot, a lot of things happen since Hava. Okay. One the second. Light, the light went back. Oh, I'm just trying to answer your question, Rabbi. The answer is. The light, right, the light went back, but there's still a, a remnant of the light in the now vessel. In that little shard of... Right, right. 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 But what is that... Yeah. But in that fragment, is it vessel or is it light? It's not neither. It's not vessel or light. It's a separate entity now. It's not a vessel for light anymore. There's still now something like... it's a broken light. shard with some... Uh, right. Some it's a broken shard. Oh, what's master of so there's a broken shard. So, so we're talking about the separation of the world of Tayo. Where did it start? Start in the shattering of the vessels. We're talking the separation of the worlds of Bria Tziasiya. Separation begins in the world of Tayo. What do you want to say, Dr. Resmi? When Chava sinned, right, yeah. she lost her Kedusha. She was a broken vessel. Right. And that fell onto the ground, theoretically. And that's what Satan now consumes. Just the Russian horror or the that she lost. It sounds very iffy. Let's hear, let's turn about Avram Avinu for a second. This is why Avram Avinu planted the orchard, according to one opinion, or he made this restaurant, this hotel in Beersheva. Why did he do that? Avram, we said earlier, he made this special place to spread godliness. The unique virtue of Avraham was that he publicized God's name in the world. Amen. But we we questioned earlier on how come the Torah emphasizes the means through which Avram Avinu publicized Hashem's name. Uh, was was the Torah trying to tell us the prototype of how every Chabad center should be? They should serve food. What what what? what it seems like that there's some intrinsic. Is some intrinsic value to what Avram Avinu was doing. Not just that it was a tool to publicize Hashem, but let's say Avram Avinu had a cell phone. The Torah tells us he had a cell phone. It, it, it seems like when the Torah telling us that he had a restaurant, that, that's, that has intrinsic value. And the answer is it does have intrinsic value. Avram Avinu elevated the sparks of Tayu. That's the main thing. It wasn't just that he publicized God's name, but the method he did this through the restaurant elevated the sparks of Tayu. That's the meaning of the Pasuk. Avram planted an orchard or a, a restaurant in the Beersheva, and through this specifically, he caused the name of Hashem to be called by all those passed by. The Gemara says, the Talmud says, until Avram Avinu was born, the world was in a state of darkness. What's the meaning of in a state of darkness? People only knew about the physical. They only knew about, about what they, the, their senses only could connect to the physical. Next page. By people, there was two separate entities. There was the world and there was Hashem. And, there, and they weren't connected to each other. I'm not sure what the Rebbe is referring to here. It could be the Rebbe is referring to even before Nayak, even before, even before all the, the pagan idolatry began and everyone forgot about Hashem, no one really knew what Avram Avinu conveyed. It could be that, that, that's what I was referring to. I mean, on the surface, the Gemara is saying is, when I, until, until now, I thought the Gemara was saying that till Avram, the world was in a state of darkness because no one knew about Hashem. There was, no. All they knew was about this, these pagan idols, whatever. 
Avram Avinu came, he brought light to the world that there's Nebishter. But there, it seems like the Rebbe is saying, till Avram, the world was in a state of darkness, and not only in comparison to those who lived at his time, but until his time, till Avram Avinu came in, he revealed something in the world that never before was revealed. The world was in a state of darkness even when people, even people knew about Hashem. What was their darkness? They felt that physical and godliness were, were two separate entities. It's almost like what the Baal Shem said. Oh, right. It says, like the world went back to darkness, we forgot, and then he had to bring the light again. To the Friedrich Kepp says that exact analogy. It says, And when Avram came around, and he started to illuminate and publicize godliness in this world, and again, he specifically used physical things, why did Avram use physical things? What was he doing with, with, those, with those steaks and the wine that he, that he gave his guests? It wasn't about the steaks and the wine. It wasn't about a, a tool. It wasn't just a means to an end. Avram Avinu was explaining to all of his guests that the reason that God gives us the physical is for spiritual. He showed everybody that there's a spiritual energy in the physical. He thank God for the food. Avram Avinu was trying to convey to his guests that there's a spiritual energy in the physical, and the physical has a point. The point of the physical is for the spiritual. So that's why he, he, he made this restaurant. It wasn't just a, a nice gimmick. It wasn't a gimmick. There was something intrinsically valuable about this restaurant, and that is that he publicized and he revealed to everyone that the food, that the drink, has a godly energy in it. He elevated the physical world, which is the Avesa the, Berudim, the reason the Shama sent to the world. I mean, it was Jewish, wasn't it? Yeah, but what's the point of all the guests? The guests are not going to be able to do this. They might get the idea well, yeah. and the concept and understand now that there is a Shem involved in everything, but Betachlis, only a Yid can say a Baracha and draw down that light from Tohu and elevate it back up. Somebody must have got it because there's so many people who went down Egypt with them. There's something... Yeah, that's Avram's family. I'm going to talk about all the other people that live there. All these travelers. We're saying he did this for all the other travelers to bring... Okay, you're asking a very uh, uh, deep question. What's the difference between the elevation of the physical to the spiritual by a Jew and by a non-Jew? But overall, there's definitely something that's accomplished by non-Jew as well. There's something that Avram you know, accomplished and elevated by... And, th- and they felt elevated. And, and the physical world was elevated by their consumption of that food too. They also praise Hashem. When a non-Jew praises Hashem, and for the, for the food that he eats, something's happening too.